From the Las Vegas Strip, this is the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is Marco D'Angelo here along with Vegas Runner. It's Christmas Eve in Las Vegas, and we're bringing you this week's show. VR, this is my first Christmas in Las Vegas, Sin City. I got to tell you, it is different being in Vegas for Christmas. You're a native here for how many years now? Now well over 10 years. Tell me what Christmas is like VR style in Vegas. It it really is, Marco. It's different than any other city in the world. I mean, uh, Vegas has its suburbs where it is like any other town, any other city. You know, even though you're 15 minutes, you could go right to the strip. Um, But Christmas here is so different. It's It's a very transient city. So you have a lot of people that are here, you know, singles, people that uh, just moved here. Um, So it's one of them cities where you'll see a lot going on Christmas, you know, like the casinos will, there'll be people, though, people will be working. It's a 24 hour town. Things are still running. You know, it's a little different from back home, especially you come from back east, like where I'm from. And I'm used to seeing every house decorated and, you know, just Christmas being Christmas. We're here. It's like. You know, I remember Thanksgiving's turkey sandwich at the Stardust was like a tradition for half them fellas. And That's stuff, good. So. The decorating of the houses, I mean, uh, going through my neighborhood and, you know, it, you know, it's a nice neighborhood and all, but not everybody decorates. And, you know, you kind of think about it, you know, why go all out and decorate your yard when you look over your shoulder? It's the Las Vegas Strip, strip and yeah, all the and neon. And you're an anthem, you know? which is a beautiful, you know what I mean? So you would expect it. You're right, but like you said, if two seconds away, you got the lights of Las Vegas Strip, and that's what's happening. We're excited about this week. We're going to um, have our normal segment here, uh, the water cooler item of the week, and that's obviously going to be the uh, preview of the final week of the NFL, all the playoff implications, which games mean something and which games don't. But we're going to add the question of the week this week into segment one because we've got an excellent question of the week this week, and it really ties right into the uh, water cooler story this week, which is the NFL playoff scenarios. So we're going to jump ahead and start with the question of the week. I'll read it because it's going to tie into everything we do after this point. Absolutely. And our question of the week is a Pre-game forms regular, R. Marquez, 33. I know he's a big fan of yours, yeah, VR. He's my man. Yeah, yeah. He's a sharp guy. And, Real sharp uh, He asked, with so many intangibles in Week 17 of the NFL season regarding who might play, not play, who's given up, who's still fighting, how do you approach it? Do you tread lightly in the last week of the NFL regular season as you would do the first few weeks of it? How do you find those golden nuggets? So what I'm going to do, VR, I'm going to ask you, what do you look at? Is there anything in particular before we break these uh, games down that you like to look at or stay away from in that final week? Well, me and you were, were, were speaking about this right before we went on, and how excited was I about this week's NFL game? Seriously. Well, well you know, guys, you weren't here, but VR uh, looked like a kid on Christmas morning in here. Honestly, there are so many relevant games this year that I think it's one of them seasons that. You know, you do have to think about what's happened in years past. 
But with so many games having playoff implications and, and being meaningful, I think we could approach this season even as, as another important week of, of the season, not necessarily, you know, uh, something different. You know, I hear a lot of people as we were approaching this week, handicappers, um, even people at the sports book saying, oh, this week is like week four of, of the preseason. Mm-hmm. I could say that. This is nothing could be further from the truth. Sure, for three or four games, absolutely, that's that's the case. But for many of these games, as we've seen, the way the playoff picture shapes up this year, um, I think you got to approach it with with the way you handicap any week. Um, the one thing bef- I wanted to add is that I saw last year the favorites covered at almost a two to one clip. And also, the, the sharp money, the wise guys did excellent. So where they thought motivation was a key, um, they did very well. Games that moved, where the line moved three points or more, the, the cover was three and one against the spread. So if you went with the line move, so if a game went from pick them to minus three, the favorite, you would lay the three. Um, went three and one against the spread. So that, good, good points, Vegas runner. And... Uh, one thing that I always, you know, look at when you get to the final week, you've got two kind of games that have meaning. You have a game that has meaning where it's meaning for one team involved in the game, and then you have it when it's meaningful for both teams. Obviously, the best scenario handicapping-wise is if the game has implications for both teams because then, you know, it's straight-up handicapping, and you don't have a bias in the line from Vegas you know, making you pay the premium for the team in the must-win situation. Both teams have to win. But whenever you have a game that one game, one team is trying to get into the playoffs and the other team is just playing for pride, now you got a situation you got to not only handicap talent, but you got to handicap motivation. Is that team going to just lay down that's out of the playoffs, or are they going to make that rally around and make that their Super Bowl game and try to be spoiler. So it is very interesting. You got to tread, you know, I don't want to say tread lightly, but you you got to look at all, you know, all of the angles, know where it's at, understand what the line should be and what the line is because Vegas will make you pay a premium in that final week for the teams that are in must wins. It is built into the line and even with it built into the line last year, good point that you pointed out that the favorites still dominated. You know what Vegas usually does is when they get hit on a year one way, they they overcompensate the next year not to let it happen again. And that's why you see some pretty big numbers, you know, in in some of these games that are even relevant. So let's we're going to go right into it. You know, your question of the week, R. Marquez, we're going to be answering it this entire segment. Um, tell you to check your email later today uh, or first thing tomorrow. You got a Christmas present from pregame. You're going to get $25 coupon to use at pregame pros. You can use it to buy any of the cappers and, and VR. We've got guys just on incredible runs on the site. You're kicking butt right now uh, with your plays. Uh, you're on a nice run. How many winning days out of the last so many? Uh, like 9 of 11. Yeah, I've just been seeing things really clearly. The, I mean, I've been able to pick apart each of the boards. That's the thing right now. There's simultaneous sports going on. So I think that gives you an advantage if you're willing to break down each and every board. I really do. Absolutely. No question. I'll tell you, a guy i got to tell you about 
Ethan Law, this guy. It's bowl season. It's bowl season. Last yeah. year, the guy, I had a great bowl season last year. I went 12-2. and two. I got dwarfed because he <laughs> yeah. went 14-1 and one last yeah. year. It's like, you know, is that all you can do, Marco, 12-2? 12-2, yeah, sure. Yeah. But uh, Ethan's off to a 2-0 and o start Again, this, year, yeah, this yeah. year. And then he had three opinions that he liked but not strong enough for a release, and they went 3-0. and o. So, you know, technically on his opinions and sides, he's 5-0 and o already this bowl season. I've released two bowl games. I'm two and zero so far. We've got um, Stan Sharp ten and one with his last eleven plays on the site. Um, his one loser, he lost by a bucket the other night. He's on a roll. You're on your streak. Nine out of eleven winning days. Ben Burns has hit eight football games in a row. It's That's just awesome a great when everybody's winning. Everybody's hot right now. You can't so go wrong. Be sure to check everybody out at Pregame Pros. And let's just get right into this. Um, VR, what we'll do is we'll just go down the list in the playoff games. We'll kind of just alternate back and forth on the games of where the meaning is this week, what games are important and what games aren't. And um, let's uh, let's start it off in the NFC. I'll throw it to you and let you uh, tell me, uh, you know, who's alive in the playoffs and who needs to win this this week and what games are going to be meaningful. Some really interesting games. We know the Giants, Arizona, and Carolina and Atlanta, they're all in. They clinch playoff berths. And now it's just a matter. Atlanta and Carolina is who's going to win the NFC title? Who's going to get the first round bye? Um, so Atlanta with a win and a Carolina loss would do that or the other way around. Atlanta's playing St. Louis at home, and they're over a two-touchdown favorite. So the odds maker's telling you you're going to pay a premium if you want to back this team. Even if you want to tease them, they're going to have to win by more than a touchdown. Um, Carolina, on the other hand, is going into New Orleans, which is always a tough place. Um, New Orleans is a great home team, dominant home team. And now because Carolina is in this situation, they have to, they're laying three points. So once again, you're paying a premium, not saying that it won't cover, but you have to know going in, you're not getting the best of the number in this spot. Right. Um, another point that I'll make up that we talked about teams and the, the type of games that there are. I forgot about there's a third type of game uh, with implications on the final week. Teams that must win but don't control their own destiny. There's a different mindset there because, you know, a team can, you know, like you just mentioned Carolina and Atlanta. Both of these teams are in. So they're now just jockeying for position. So it's almost like a free roll. There's not as much pressure on, on them because they know even with a loss, they're still in the playoffs. But you have teams – that need to win this week, but then need somebody else to, to lose. lose. Sure. And that creates a situation where, you know, we want to call it scoreboard watching, you know, and you got to be weary of those type of teams because if the other game is going on at the same time, this team could be distracted. You know, when they look up at the scoreboard, some stadiums, the, the owners will tell them, don't put up the score of, right. of the other game because they don't want their team to – to know what's going on. Because if you're in the fourth quarter and the other team's blowing the other team out and you're dead. And it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant and it's something you got to consider in your bet because you could have the team, you know, toss it even in. Even the, the NFL half. jockeyed some of the games around and, and switched the time exactly. to give every uh, – and when we get to the game of the week later in the in the show, that's a very good point, and I, and I have that in my notes for the game of the week. Um, switching over to the AFC playoff picture, the, the the big game there, you got to look at Denver San Diego. The, the how winner I, advances. How ironic does it come down to 
San Diego wow. has been dead in the water for the entire second half of the season. Another must win in, in their, San Diego. In, Since week four, they've been in must win after must win. They're like a cat with nine lives. They, they, they couldn't put them away. And Denver choking down the stretch. But it's just poetic justice that it comes down to Denver-San Diego. The winner goes in after the season, what was it, week one or week two, uh, whenever San Diego got robbed at, sure, at, at Denver sure. with the, the bad call by Ed Hockley. It's just it's incredible that now it comes down to you know win and you're in and that's going to be an incredible game. But the lines maker is making you pay a premium for San Diego. I mean San Diego hasn't blown anybody out and uh, the the opening number in that game was eight, eight yes. which was you know unbelievable and and they're betting it up. Uh, you know they they want they want San Diego, but to me the most poetic game of all. You could not write a movie script. Better Miami and the Jets. Miami and the Jets, and that's going to be our game of the week, so I won't go talking too much about it, but I just got to say, you got Brett Favre, the summer soap opera in Green Bay. They cast him aside. He packs his bags. You know, right before the preseason starts, they ship him off to New York. He gets to New York. It, you know, it was the first week of the, of the preseason. The Jets had already flown to Cleveland to play a preseason game. Chad Pennington's in Cleveland. When they make the trade, they put Chad Pennington back on a plane, a private charter, out of Cleveland and ship him off the team. I mean, they're, they're ready to play a game the next day. And now it comes down to the cast-off that comes to New York to play the guy that they threw away, Pennington, to make room for Favre. And now they're battling one another for the AFC title. It's, that's a great game, and uh, we're going to break that down a little later on. That's our uh, game of the week for uh, the NFL this week. Uh, absolutely. Top seed is Tennessee. That's set. Number two seed is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their two games this week mean absolutely nothing. Um, we already mentioned that the Denver game, the winner of the Denver-San Diego game, is the champion. Uh, the num the number Baltimore also has uh, some a meaningful game, and other teams looking to see what Baltimore does to see to clinch a wild exactly. Card. Indianapolis is the five seed lock. They can't do anything to improve their position, so their game is meaningless this week. And then you you have Baltimore, who is one of those teams that is in a must win that that controls their own destiny. When they're in, it's done. Um, there's other teams that are alive, New England Jets, but. They need help to get it. They they have to win first, but then they need help as well to get in. So it's it's definitely like you said, a ton of teams that are in there. My advice to people this week is look at these games that there are meaning in the games. Those are the games you want to focus on. Be careful of the games that mean you know absolutely nothing, and especially the games that mean nothing with playoff teams. And a perfect example of that is, and this is a game that I will be absolutely nowhere near on Sunday, and that's Tennessee and Indianapolis. These are two teams that are two of the favorites, you know, two of the best choices to make, you know, the Super sure. Bowl. And they're battling one another. They're both hot at the same time, but it means nothing. This is a game four of the preseason for Tennessee and Indianapolis. 
you know, the starters, if they play, you know, at all, will play very sparingly. So to handicap a game like that, you might as well pull a coin out of your pocket and flip it to make the bet. Yeah, and that's one of them games you need to pass on. I mean, we, we broke it down and we said there's so many relevant games. We even threw the Detroit Green Bay in there because that's the most relevant, irrelevant game. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, there's only five games. The Tennessee Colts, like you said, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Arizona, Washington, San Fran, that are meaningless. Other than that, every other game, you could approach it um, like it's any other week of the NFL to incorporate Marquez's question. The one thing that I would add is you need to be able to establish motivation. And sometimes as handicappers, we have to be willing to say both teams are equally motivated. Right. There are them times where there will not be an edge in motivation. Both teams need this game. Both teams want this game. And for teams that are out of the playoffs, there are motivational factors that you can look at for a team playing their last game. Some of the things that you can look at is a coach in trouble. A coach that may be you know, on the hot seat, so to speak, He's going to try to win the last game. Sure. To, to you know, you want to you know, put your you know your last game be your best game so that you know maybe you can save your job. A team that might be a game under five hundred. There's motivation for them to try to win that last game because you the know first it's step not to becoming a winning team. Right. Sure. It is, and it's a non-losing team. If it's a good team that just missed the playoffs but can screw somebody else out of the playoffs and they're playing at home, that's a good motivator. I mean, these teams don't, you know, they're mad that they didn't make the playoffs. They want to take it out on somebody else. And how, what's better satisfaction than screwing up somebody else's playoff Absolutely. Plans? So those are the kind of things that, you know, I would look at in the final week when doing. And I've talked about it in an earlier podcast. Some of these games where you have two teams that don't mean anything, I will look at totals more than I will look at the game. And I'll have a tendency to play the overs in those type of games because these teams are not going to bring their best defense. They're, you know, they're, you know, how much are they going to game plan and, you know, and really be focused on the game? So you might get some vanilla, you know, vanilla defensive schemes sometimes and the teams go over. Um, those are the type of things that I look at in the last week of the season. Anything else you want to add to R. Marquez's question? No, but speaking of, of what you just said, just to touch on that and to back it up with some, some, some supporting numbers, Last year, in week 17 of the NFL um, regular season, the overs cashed at, it once again, a two-to-one clip. Ten overs, five unders. So um, what you just said is supported by actual final scores of last season, and I think that holds true because, you know, your reasoning is sound. Um, and if your reasoning is sound, sometimes the odds maker is still going to put the, the same number, this team, as if it was they were playing in week 12. Um, but good, I think good you, back you came up there. with a good advantage. Good. Well, that's going to wrap up our first segment. And once again, thanks, R. Marquez. And remember, guys, every week go to the pregame forums, and we'll have the question of the week up there. This is your chance to talk to us. Tell us, you know, ask us the questions you want to ask, and we're here to tell you the answers. I mean, no place else on the internet can you talk to handicappers the way you can at pregame.com. We're in the forums. We're talking, chatting to the to our viewers. You ask questions, email us. We get the answers to you, and that's a great advantage of our site as opposed to a lot of the other pick sites out there, where it's just you know a face and that's it. 
we're here every day and we talk to you guys and we share insights with you, not only to give you winners for today, but to make you a better handicapper for years to come. So that's going to wrap up the first segment. We'll be back in a flash with segment two, where we will break down the top college and the top NFL games of the week. Be right back. This is Matty O'Shea, Pregame.com's GM of content, and I'm here to tell you about the Pregame Wire, which is your source for breaking sports betting news, giving you injury and lineup alerts each and every game day. If a key player is out, the Pregame Wire will tell you before you bet the game, giving you the edge you need to be a smart and informed better. For fantasy football players, the Pregame Wire is also a must-visit page to find out who is in and who is out of your lineup every week. Just go to pregame.com and click Wire Alerts on the left side to get the pregame wire alerts right now. Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is Marco D'Angelo along with Vegas Runner, and we are going to segment two of this week's podcast, and it's our top NFL and college games of the week. And Vegas Runner, I am going to kick it to you with the college game of the week, and we're going to go to the Meineke Car Care Bowl. I love all these bowl names. Whatever happened to you know the citrus, the cotton, and everything <laughs> else, the good old days. But it is West Virginia, North Carolina, and VR. Set us up on this one. This is a tough matchup, Marco. Um, when I broke this game down, and I'm still breaking it down, this is as hard of a game to handicap as you're going to find for a bowl game. Um, the one thing I will tell you is as soon as the number went up, the uh, Sharps, the wise guys, went up and steamed West Virginia. They took them at a pick. Now you're looking at West Virginia minus one and a half. Um, that makes sense because when you look at the odds makers poll, West Virginia is ranked number 20 in the LVSC's numbers. North Carolina isn't ranked in their top 30. So if it's a pick them, obviously they saw the same value the odds makers poll um, supports. Um, like I said, the North Carolina, though, had one of the toughest schedules in college football. I think it was like number 10th, number 11th. Um, so they played a very tough schedule. So that's a good 8-4. and four. West Virginia, same thing. They're 8-4, and four, not as difficult of a schedule. The big difference in this game is West Virginia's rushing offense. They're 13th in NCAA in Russian offense. And when you look at the defense in North Carolina, they're 62nd against the rush. Um, the other thing that North Carolina is very weak in, they're 80th against the pass, but I don't know if West Virginia can take advantage because they're 110th in passing in the NCAA. So Pat White doesn't do it through the air, even though he does have 1,500 yards, 64% completion, and he doesn't turn the ball over. He's got a 3-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio, which is excellent. The other thing that I need to factor in is the surface. They're playing on grass, and West Virginia's played five games on grass so far this year. They're 2-3 and three in them games, and I need to dig deeper and see if, if it was relevant, if it, if it maybe did something to their rushing offense, if it slowed them down a little bit. Sometimes grass will do that. Um, like I said, this is just a really tough game. Both offenses... Are, are really good. I mean, when you look at them, they're, they're both going to put up points, and both defense don't give up points. That's the thing. Not, be, neither of these defensive give up any points at all. West Virginia is ninth in points allowed. North Carolina is 30th in points allowed. So points will be at a premium. premium. That's why the total is 45. 
Tough game, Marco. Do you see anything? Well, I'll tell you, I agree with you. And, you, and all great points that you brought up in the game, um, the grass is a very interesting uh, concept. And uh, those are another good point to look at in bowl games, teams that change surfaces. But my thing is, I look at these two teams, and the first thing that I do with a bowl game is I try to decide who's the motivated team. I look at this game, and I got to say to myself, I don't know if either one of them are motivated. You got West Virginia that, you know, last year played in a major bowl game. They were one game away from actually playing for the national championship if they wouldn't have killed themselves against Pitt in the final game of the season sure. last year. But even so, they still played in a, you know, post-New Year's Day game, and they, they won big. Now they're going to the Meineke Car Care Bowl, you know, yeah, I mean, unless they need the day a day after Christmas, the day after Christmas, unless they need a tune up for their car, they're not excited about this bowl game. And then you look at North Carolina, how excited can they be? They won an all expense paid trip down the road. They're playing yeah, in North in Carolina. Charlotte, yeah. You know, I mean, where's the motivation for either team? That's the first thing that I look at. The second thing that I look at, you touched upon the West Virginia rushing game, and that is the key to West Virginia. I mean, they're averaging um, over 200 yards a game on the ground. Pat White, he's not going to beat you with his arm. He's going to beat you with his feet. Yeah. But when they're running the ball well, that is when the passing game works Opens for West up, Virginia sure. because then they run those quick option plays where Pat White you know, will end up coming out throwing off of it. You, you think he's going to run, and then he throws, and it opens up the passing lanes. So from an offensive standpoint, West Virginia is more dynamic. They've got, they bring more to the table for North Carolina to prepare for. But I got to look at West Virginia's last two games. They scored 15 points against Pitt and only 13 points against South Florida. And that, that's a concern. Yes. Uh, you can't win a bowl game scoring, you know, that few points. So this is a tough game. I, I haven't decided if this is going to make my card or not. I'm still breaking it down. But, you know, that's the way I see the game. Get the bowl season started. Uh, that'll be the first game on Saturday with the bowls. But from that, let's segue right into the NFL game. And, and I'll tell you. I, I'm so excited about this Miami Jet game, and as I said in the uh, the earlier uh, segment, you couldn't write a movie script better than what we've got right here with with this game. And just to set the table, what happens in this game? Miami wins, they're in. That's it. Miami clinches. They're the number three seed. They win the AFC East. Where it gets complicated is if the Jets win. If the Jets win. They're not in yet. They need New England to lose for the Jets to get in. The problem with this game, and if you're handicapping it, and you bet before game time, you don't know what New England did. If New England wins at 1 o'clock, the game's meaningless for the Jets. That presents the handicapping dilemma in the game that I see. How do you see this game? <laughs> I think it's a great game. Um... I was a little shocked at the number, but even though it made sense because that's what I made my fair line, that's what it sh that's what you put it out there and you hope for 50-50 action, but I didn't think it's my true line. Um, let me tell you why. Miami's 10-5, and five, Jets are 9-6, and six, and both of these teams had the easiest schedules in the NFL, 30th and 31st. So neither of them were tested. Let's tell it like it is. So, I mean, the record doesn't impress me for neither of these teams, even though it was a great turnaround season for Miami, 
And, yeah, the Jets got really hot for a while there, although they have lost, what, a Two of their last four games. They've or, lost three of their last four. The three Jets of their had, last four, yes. They so. had won five in a row, and were in Favre was the toast of the town. Yeah. And then they lose three of their last four. And, and didn't cover any of them games. And that's why I think this line, Marco, is totally based on public perception. The line opened two and a half, 42 and 43, right around there. Um, now you're looking at threes. But the three is at plus 105. So to take plus three on, on Miami, you got to lay 125. Um, I've seen as low as two and a half. So, I mean, to me, if these guys were playing in my backyard, it isn't a pick em. I'd have to make the Jets the better team. And when you look at LVSC's, the odds makers numbers, that justifies it. They have Miami 20th in their rankings. They have the Jets 11th. So if you have you know a ten ranking gap between them, why is the line only three when when that's what you get for home field? So the value is definitely on the Jets here in their first meeting when the I know it was early in the year, but the Jets beat them twenty to fourteen, and no one was expecting Miami to be this good, and that's why Jets went in there as a three point favorite in Miami. Um, and they got it done with their rushing. It wasn't Favre played a great game. I remember th- he threw two touchdowns. But the difference was the rushing. The Jets ran for 112 yards, and they held Miami to only 49 yards. Um, can they do that again? I don't know. You know, has the defense been doing that lately? Um, you know, their weakness is, is against the pass. We all know that the Jets cannot defend against the pass. Well, one point to to bring up from that first meeting. That was the first week of the season. Neither Favre nor Pennington was playing with a full playbook yet because they both came into camp new. Sure, sure. So, I mean, the offenses are definitely going to be more cohesive than they were in that first meeting. And what's funny is the Jets have won eight of the last nine in this series. But was that with a Pennington <laughs> at the controls? So do you negate? You know, how they, they've owned them. Let's tell it like it is. They've owned Miami. And now weather might be a factor. I mean, they're, they're, they're looking at possible snow from who everyone I've talked to back in New York said we might be getting snow over the mm-hmm. weekend. It's definitely going to be 30. That's not, you know, going to be a surprise. Pennington people might say, yeah, he's played in that weather. But, you know, you need a lot of other people in football to, to yeah, win a game. You've got a, you've got a warm weather team coming to, to the cold. And to point out last week... Um, Miami has won eight of their last nine games. And you would be a guy that would agree with this. There's an adage in the NFL. If you pick the winner of the game, you pick the point spread winner. Especially this year. It's always around 70%. And Johnny Detroit, I believe, put up a post this year. It was around 81% going in last week. And I haven't run the numbers um, to, to adjust that. But that... This year, that nothing could have could explain it better. That you pick the winner of the game, you're covering the points spread eight out of ten times. With that said, this is why I'm bringing it up. With Miami being winning eight of their last nine games, you would think that they have a great against the spread record. They're sure. four and four in their last eight games against the spread. So that's telling you that even though they're winning, they're they're just getting by. Sure. Vegas doesn't have a sharp. I mean. Do you say Vegas has a sharp number on them or Vegas doesn't have a clue on them? Which way do you read that? Well, one other point that I want to bring up that you said about the 105, that if you take Miami 
plus the three, you got to lay the juice. You got to right, lay the fig with it. Do you think that that is because at this point Vegas has come to the conclusion we're not going to move this game off a of three no matter what. We're going to let this thing set at three. They can play this game however they want to play it all day long at three. But if we get to the fourth quarter of the one o'clock game and New England looks like they're going to win. We're going to turn around and change the juice on the game and make the Jets be a favorite. The minus because now, 25. You know, because it, it could end, if, if for some reason I said that backwards, if New England would be losing, right. then they would turn around and make the Jets the favorite on the juice to balance the books because then they're going to know, hey, the Jets are still alive. You're going to get that late New York money and make them pay the premium. And once again, Vegas will cash on the VIG. Right now, um, all the books that I've spoken to, they say they're a little bit heavier, not much, just a little bit heavier on Miami. They're getting more action on the plus money than they are people laying it with the Jets. Um, and when you say that, you know, that's great for the books. Nothing better than 50-50, no risk. To me, that's a little surprising because obviously we all know public bettors tend to like the favorite. Right. And for this to be even 50-50 is a little surprising to me because the Jets are playing at home, let's not forget um, and for Miami to be getting more support, it's a little surprising to me. I think this game um, is going to be one of the games we're going to end up betting come Sunday. It's a very meaningful game. Uh, I think between now and then, I, I, I will take a position on this game. It's just one of them kind of games. It's a field goal game. I think the NFL made a mistake in their time changes. I know that this is a great game to have for 415. But if you wanted it to have full effect and full meaning, you should have had the New England game played after this one. Right. Because then both teams would have been playing with, we need to win. Come 4-15, if New England wins, the game's meaningless to the Jets, and Miami still needs to, to win to sure, win the division. Sure. But the Jets, I mean, it's got to be a deflator. If you take that field and knowing you've got no shot for the playoffs, when you prepped all week long, that, you know, we still can get in, and before you take the field, it's over. That's got to be demoralizing. And I and I really think that's why you've got earlier money on Miami right now, and you're paying a price with the VIG for it. And, and I, think, I think the NFL, if they would have been smarter, they would have had the New England game second and had this game played with full First, meaning. First, sure. That's, that's my take on it. I think it's going to be a great game either way. The one thing I'm going to say about Miami – um, you touched upon cold weather. Miami, in seven of their last eight games, held their opponents to 19 points or less. Wow. Until last week. They went to Kansas City, and it was cold in Kansas yeah, City last week. Yeah, it was. They gave up 31 points. And one of the things that you see sometimes with warm weather teams, why people say warm weather teams can't play in cold, is because they don't tackle. And if you watched that game last week, and I did, I had a play on Miami. It was my top play last week, and I had to sweat it. I got yeah, it, I watched but I had it. to sweat. This team did not tackle last week. Kansas City offense went up and down the field on them. They were missing tackles left and right. And to me, that's a team that didn't want to be out in the cold. And they better bring their long johns for New York this week, or they're they're going to be sitting oh, at yeah. home for the playoffs. Yeah, in the second half, it'll be nighttime in New York. It's going to be very cold. So that's a point I wanted to bring up. I haven't made a decision on the game um, yet, and it's like again, it's one of those games that makes it tough for me as a handicapper to to make a, a release for my customers because to be honest, if I bet this game, 
I'm not betting this game till five minutes before till exactly of because course. I need I need to know exactly what the game means. But that's that's my take on the game. Uh, real good uh, second segment there. We're going to be right back here when we go into segment three. We'll have uh, Vegas Runner and myself. We'll have our podcast games of the week, and then we'll wrap up the show. We'll be right back to the sports betting preview show, a pregame.com podcast. This is Matty O'Shea, Pregame.com's GM of content, and I'm here to tell you about the Pregame Wire, which is your source for breaking sports betting news, giving you injury and lineup alerts each and every game day. If a key player is out, the Pregame Wire will tell you before you bet the game, giving you the edge you need to be a smart and informed better. For fantasy football players, the Pregame Wire is also a must-visit page to find out who is in and who is out of your lineup every week. Just go to pregame.com and click Wire Alerts on the left side to get the pregame wire alerts right now. Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is Marco D'Angelo with your final segment along with Vegas Runner. And we're going to get to our games of the week. And VR, before I kick it to you, again, congratulations on your run. Nine winning days out of the last 11 and uh, you got a nice run going in football overall. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners about that and what you've got going this week? Yeah, I went uh, ten and two last week in uh, football. Uh, Fourteen and three since. Uh, really been hot. Been seeing it really clearly. Um, the NFL, and now I'm ready for these bowls too. I, I did a lot of work, and I'm looking forward to the next few weeks. But we can't forget basketball too. There's a lot of opportunity in basketball, and I've been able to just pick them apart, you know, here and there, a couple NBA, a couple college basketball, and uh, just been able to grind out a profit. Looking forward to this weekend. You know, I love the holidays and sports. When you mix the two together, there's nothing better. Um, tomorrow we got NBA. I think it's, it's a great card. Um, then we move over to the weekend, and uh, like I said, I'm so excited about Week 17 of the NFL. There's so many meaningful, relevant games this week uh, that I think we'll be able to fire away a couple three stars at them. All right. Um, Bring us that game of the week. What do you got in your back pocket? All right. This is one of them games where I think you have to put a little less stock in the stats. So rather than talk about how they do against the pass and how they run, um, I'm going to talk more about the reasoning behind the motivational factors in this game. It's Washington and San Francisco. Washington's eight and seven. Um, obviously, they'd love to end the season nine and seven, um, but either way, eight and eight is a disappointment. Nine and seven still a disappointment. They don't make the playoffs. San Fran's six and nine. Um, for them, this is a huge game. Right now, the line's three. I would definitely buy it down to two and a half. That's how I'm going to upload it for my clients. You definitely want to get off the three every opportunity you can, um, and you want to do it before the line goes to minus 120, and you got to pay a premium for it. So I suggest buying it down to two and a half right away. Washington last week, I used them as my three-star, Marco, and we talked about that before. That was such a huge game for them. Everybody kept saying how they quit. Um, That's all you heard on every sports radio show uh, during the week, um, how this team has quit. Um, The players really had a lot to play for. It was a divisional rivalry game that meant so much to the Philadelphia Eagles. They got up for it. Not only did they cover the spread, they won outright. They held the Eagles to three points. That was their Super Bowl, Marco. That was it for them. Now they got to fly out to the West Coast. On the flip side of this coin, you have San Francisco, 
who a miraculous comeback last week on the road against St. Louis. If they would have lost that game, they didn't cover the spread in that game. Mm-hmm. But they won the game. And as a player, that's what you care about, you know, um, at least for them, not for <laughs> us. Uh, so so when, when they were able to come back and they beat this team, I mean, they were down to St. Louis and, and they scored two touchdowns. They got the win. Now they get back home, and it's such a huge way for them to close out this season with, you know, the possibility of the new head coach, uh, the future. This is a big game for their franchise, believe it or not. Them ending 7-9, and nine, especially when you look, and they, they've won four of their last six games. And this is just such a big game for them. I really think we're, we're getting a great price having Laoli two and a half. Like I said, Washington, they made their golf reservations as soon as they beat the Eagles. This is just a West Coast trip for them. I really don't think it matters. Lay the, buy it down to two and a half, and I'm making San Fran my podcast game of the week. Very good, BR. And I'm going to go to, as I like to do, stay with ugly situations and teams. Um, we talked about in the first segment about games that don't mean anything. Um, we've got Seattle at Arizona. Now, Arizona is going to the playoffs. Their position is locked in. They sure. can't improve their position at all. So this would be what you would call a meaningless game. Even more so that you have a playoff team that doesn't want to risk injury. So... A lot of people are going to look at this game. They're going to look and see the way Arizona's played the last couple weeks and say, well, you know, they're playing bad right now. They don't want to get the starters hurt. They're going to go against Arizona today. No, absolutely not. I am going to take Arizona in this game, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, Seattle played their game last week. The Jets were playing for a playoff spot. It was a must-win game for the Jets. Seattle got up. Knocked the Jets off last week, put a real damper in their playoff hopes because the Jets still can get in, but they need help. They don't control their own destiny. Had they won last week, the Jets would have controlled their own destiny. Now, Seattle, Holgram, that was his last home game. So if you want to say win one for the Gipper, I don't think it's this week. It was last week. It, It was last week at home. And finally, to go to Arizona. No team wants to limp into the playoffs losing, if they lose this game, five of their last six games. They've lost four of their last five, and they've lost three of the four ugly. In the style that they've lost is horrible. And the coaching staff there wants to come in here with winning momentum. You do not want to go into the playoffs like that. You know, he came into the playoffs. You know, he's a disciple. The head coach is a disciple of Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher used to play the final week of the season, and the Steelers were always, you know, a playoff team. He played to win Week 17. He believed in momentum, and I think you're going to see that today from this team. I expect Arizona to have a good game today and try to get the kinks out. You want to have a winning a winning week before you go into the playoffs, and Seattle is a bad team. Remember, they're a 4-11 and team. This, this team cannot, you know, be enthused about being where they're at. What do they have to play for? They're traveling on Christmas week, you know, away from their families. Like you said, making the golf reservations already. I'm going to go with Arizona. I look for them to win this game by two touchdowns or more, get the momentum going into the playoffs. 
that's my game of the week. We got a Christmas present for everybody. Um, it's, you know, Christmas Eve, we're doing the taping. So we're going to have the coupon for this week, $10 for all of our listeners. You can go to pregamepros.com and buy any of the hot pros that we've told you about. This week, um, I've got obviously my bowl package up. Um, 12 and 2 last year in the bowls, 2 and 0 already this year. Incredible. The, the bowl package will include my bowl game of the year when I release it. My bowl game of the year, I've won it seven years in a row. Last year, I had Georgia that destroyed Hawaii. I remember that. Year before that, I had Southern Cal when they destroyed Michigan. I had Utah a few years ago when they destroyed Pitt. I just, the bowls are my time of the year. You know, you can get my bowl package, check it out. Um, and if you sign up for the bowl package now, you get the final week of the NFL as a free bonus, and you get everything right through the Super Bowl. It also includes my uh, NFL playoffs, all one price. That coupon for this week, $10 off, is Xmas, Christmas. Go Xmas 10. Not lap dance 10. No, no. Vegas. That's where we go after the show. For Vegas Christmas. Uh, we're going to go with Xmas 10 for the coupon this week. And, you know, on behalf of myself, VR, the entire staff at pregame.com, we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. You know, Be safe. Have a wonderful um, Christmas. Have a wonderful holiday with your families. Um, enjoy yourselves. And like I said, just be safe. Enjoy the sports. It's a great week between Christmas and New Year's. I it's, mean, it's, it's awesome. It's a, a college football uh, bowl games every day from Christmas right through the championship game. From our family to yours. That's it. This has been a pregame dot com podcast the sports betting preview show will be back next week and happy holidays and good luck this week all right